0: This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, February 26, and this is Cliff Mass with the weather forecast and a description of the weather situation over the weekend. Well, right now, looking at the visible satellite photograph, I can see that it's quite clear in a number of places in in Western Washington, uh, especially at, at lower elevations, but we have moist, unstable flow approaching the region right now. And as it rises up on the mountains, there's a lot of showers. So there's particularly showers on the Western slopes of the Cascades, snow showers up in the mountains, and those will continue today. Uh, But I do expect it to be generally dry here in Seattle and in the lowlands. The only exception to that is the potential for a convergence zone, a Puget Sound convergence zone to form somewhere in North Seattle or in Snohomish County. Now, looking towards Saturday, a ridge of high pressure is going to build over the region. So that's going to dry things out in the lowlands. That's for sure. There could be some residual showers in the mountains and clouds but I expect it to be generally dry tomorrow. uh, Temperatures getting up into the upper 40s, but it should be actually a pretty decent day except for the showers in the the mountains. Now, going into Saturday night, a weak disturbance moves in. uh, Even though we have a ridge of high pressure offshore, a weak disturbance gets through. And so there'll be some showers, particularly in the North Sound, Northwest Washington, and in the mountains on Saturday night, Sunday morning. But I expect that disturbance to move through, and I th- Sunday should be generally dry in, in the lowlands, and I expect even in the mountains to only be a few scattered showers as we get into the afternoon. And then on Monday, well, that high pressure is still floating around, and I expect a, a generally dry day. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the snow situation. Um, we have gotten quite a bit of snow the last few weeks. And if you look at the latest snow observations, these are mountain observing stations where they measure snow depth. Much of the region is about 140% of normal. That's the mountain snowpack is about 140% of normal. So we, we're up there. So it's, we're really doing quite well in terms of snow, which should not be surprising considering that this is a La Niña year. Now, there is a downside to all the snow, and that is the avalanche danger is relatively high. And um, the Northwest Avalanche Center, which is really quite excellent, is, is going for substantial av- avalanche risk in the Cascades. And there have been a number of avalanches. There's potential for avalanches. So I think people have to be extremely careful, particu- particularly if you go in the backcountry. One more thing about snow. Looking forward, uh, I'm not very optimistic about any more chances for lowland snow. Uh, Certainly looking out the next week, I don't see any potential for any kind of snow getting to lower elevations. And we're really at the edge of the season now. Um, You know, you can get snow a few inches into the first week of March, but after the first week of March, it really becomes improbable. Uh, We have had a few snowfalls in April, but, you know, they don't happen very often. And when they happen, it's only about an inch. So I suspect looking at the models now, the lowland snow season is over, but that's not true for the mountains. The mountains, there's plenty more snow coming. Well, thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Let's talk about Texas. The situation there has ended up being one of the great weather disasters of the past several decades. Um, Several dozen people have lost their lives in Texas because of the cold and and the wind and the the effects. And the economic costs are now estimated to be as high as $20 billion, which is about the same as Hurricane Harvey. Now, during this event earlier this month in Texas, temperatures dropped from around 80 degrees Fahrenheit early in the month to the single digits over just a few days. Now, if you examine the weather and climate data of Texas, which I've done, it is clear that this region suffers from frequent large temperature declines in winter. Why? Why does this happen? It turns out that the geography and location of Texas makes abrupt temperature swings inevitable. And that's what I'll talk about in this podcast. The essential reason it is about geography. It's all about geography. Texas is on the edge of the Rockies. In fact, the state is on a big incline uh, from near sea level on its southeast side around Houston and those in the Gulf, to several thousand feet of elevation as you go to the west and the northwest in the state. Now taking a much broader view, Texas is on the western side of the Great Plains and at its location it has a clear shot with no intervening terrain all the way to the canadian arctic so polar air driven by high pressure can move unimpeded from the arctic straight southward into texas on the other hand air from the warm gulf of mexico air that's been over the warm gulf of mexico can easily move northward into eastern texas the other thing I want you to consider is the latitude of Texas. Cities such as such as Houston, and even going further north, are really far south. Um, Houston is well south of Southern California, well south of San Diego, and roughly the same latitude as Orlando, Florida. Thus, even during the winter time, the sun is quite strong in Texas. Finally, texas is isolated from the mild air of the pacific ocean that moderates our temperatures here in the west coast and it the the mild air can't get in because of the blocking effect of the rockies so putting it all together texas can experience huge gyrations of temperature depending on which way the wind is blowing if the winds are from the south or even the southwest Cities such as Austin or Dallas or Houston can climb into the low 80s, even in midwinter. In fact, occasionally even higher than that. So they're very mild. Even if the air comes off of the, the high plateau of Mexico, uh, the air has to sink as it goes to lower elevations in eastern Texas, and that air is compressed and therefore, warm this descends into Texas. So the winds from the south are warm. From the southwest, they're warm. On the other hand, if the winds switch to the north, sub-freezing Arctic air, pushed by powerful northerly winds, can surge into Texas. Now, this is a well-known phenomenon in Texas, and such cold events are known as blue norther's or Texas norther's, and they and they occur every year. There's no issue about, it, about whether they'll happen a year. They happen every year. The typical norther that we see several times a year brings a temperature decline of roughly 10 to 30 degrees Fahrenheit. But roughly once a decade, a mega event occurs which declines of 30 to 60 degrees in a day. And in fact, in the extreme cases, as much as 70 degrees Fahrenheit drop in a day. To give you an example uh, the famous january 1911 event brought 70 degree declines even a little bit more than 70 degrees in some locations in roughly 12 hours it's just extraordinary now as evidenced by the recent event this you know, this month and looking at climatological data texas northers have always been there and there's little as evidence at this point for a lessening in their intensity. But I want to make it clear, we do expect that global warming will eventually lessen their icy hold uh, on Texas as the Arctic warms preferentially during the century. So the source region of the cold, the Arctic, will warm up substantially during the century due to human-caused global warming. So we do expect that to eventually weaken these Texas northers. Texas climate is much more extreme than we experience here in the Pacific Northwest because our temperatures are and our weather is tempered by the steady temperature conditions of the Pacific Ocean and the protection we have of two mountain ranges. So if you want severe weather, Texas is a better place than the Pacific Northwest. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.